Welcome to the City Life Lansing podcast. We hope this message empowers you to love life, love Jesus, love people, and dream more. You can connect with us at citylifelansing.com. You belong here. When you think about last week, Easter Sunday, he's alive. We celebrate that. Heroic. We remember the death, burial, resurrection, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. What about Monday? I don't know about you this week, but I had an encounter with the dark side. Darkness tried to come, knocked on my door, and you know what they said? I'm so excited that you did a great job on Easter. I love that you've been reaching people. I love that your life is being rooted in Jesus. I want you to read your Bible today. In fact, I want you to go connect with some people because I love what God is doing in City Life Lansing. Said no devil ever. In fact, what he probably did Similar to what he did to me, which is try to discourage, try to choke the seed, try to rob and grab your attention to make you think that God's plan wasn't real, to make you think that Jesus isn't alive. And it shows up in your finances, shows up in your utility bills, shows up in your stress. Get a phone call. Somebody's battling addiction. You get a phone call. Somebody entered the hospital. And you find yourself thinking, man, life doesn't feel too awesome. I know Jesus is alive. That was awesome, Lord. I might even go buy a cross to wear. But God, man, you ain't helping me down here on the day-to-day. It's difficult. Life can feel super awful. In fact, you turn on the news, and it doesn't matter where you stand with uh, political candidates, and God can love you right where you're at. And for the Trump supporters, hey, man, God's grace is on you. And for the non-Trump supporters, God's grace is on you. And God is establishing all authority. And authority is very interesting because we think we're ruling for a particular time so that we have power. But all authority has been established in position by God. And God will ultimately get the glory, even by bad rulers. So when rulers rule for a moment in a season, they think they have power and they can grab a la carte God. A la carte God, meaning this, you go to the buffet line, I want a little bit of food. Okay, a little bit of God, I'll take his grace today. And what happens is we're always looking in our kingdoms, that's what rulers are doing, and so you look at even our nation right now, is you're having wars and rumors of wars. Does it sound like you've read that somewhere before and you're feeling your heart get a little worried and what's gonna happen to my kids and United Nations and all these things, and, but I want security now. That's the essence of it all. If you guys were here when I taught him, I said, my kid's number one prayer. Does anyone remember what my kid's number one prayer is? They pray for safety. God bless mom, dad. Help them protect us, protect us, protect us, protect us. What's your number one prayer typically? Safety. Protect me, protect me, protect me. You know, what's crazy is after the disciples saw that Jesus was alive, they didn't even pray like that anymore. They started praying for courage and boldness in the midst of persecution and suffering. They all went to lay down their lives other than one, but one that was boiled alive. And can you imagine that being boiled so bad? And then you're off on an island as an old man writing books as God's talking to you. It's crazy. Because they started to recognize that awesome wasn't defined by what I see anymore. It wasn't defined by a political candidate. It wasn't defined by a governmental system. It wasn't defined by if they pave the roads or not. Somebody said, amen. They better pave the roads. Somebody, you wonder where's our taxes going sometimes? You get a little mad, you click on a link at lsj.com, you get five free reads. And it's, now you gotta pay. Isn't that everything, bait and switch? Everywhere you go, you get takeout, you ask for sides, they're looking at you crazy. You know, you go to the doctor, you wonder sometimes who's paying who, right? 
It's like, it's, it, wait, I thought I'm paying you and you're here for about three seconds. All right, yep, great. Right on my script. Oh, are you talking? In their head, this is what I envision the conversation looks like. Okay, um, this person is incompetent and I don't really care much more about this interaction further. But, and there is exceptions to the rule, but this has been some of my experience. And by the way, uh, I think if I give you a pill, it will fix it. And if not, you'll come back in a week if it's really tough. So until the next time, I see you. But none of that happened on the outside. All this on the outside was, okay, great. Yep, uh-huh, awesome. All right, great. Next patient, gone. And like, I waited two hours or two minutes. Anybody? Come on, that's what happens. This is life. It's beating you down, bogging you down because it is awful when you're looking for your hope in this world. When you're looking for your hope, life can feel awful many times. God never wanted us to just find our security in the things and the possessions. He never wanted to find our security in the system or even our job, in the game plan. If you've seen the Lego movie, he's submitting to the game plan. Once he starts realizing he can be a master builder to create and to think, have you ever wondered if you could be a master builder to create and to think outside of the daily format you see? Do you realize you, those in Jesus Christ, and if you don't know Jesus Christ today or wherever you're at in the spectrum, you can meet Jesus. It's very simple. You're like, man, God, take my life. I know I'm a sinner. I know I'm not perfect, but God, I want to trust you and I give my whole life to Jesus. And by that moment, that simple prayer, God comes in, exchanges your filthiness for his righteousness, and then you're made new and you have hashtag everyday Easter, hashtag everyday resurrection power. And that's what happens. And so today we have that resurrection power in Jesus Christ. And what that meant is this, that when we become connected to a master, builder, the one who created it all, that we're over everything ruling and reigning with him, but we are not trying to look for our desire in the things of this world because we've already found the thing that was over everything in this world. And so therefore we have it all. I'm telling you, if we believe the resurrection was real last Sunday, did we believe it Monday and Tuesday? And it's hard, you guys. And the reason it's hard is because what we're watching, what we're seeing, what we're connected to is leading us astray from the truth of who God is and what he cares about. His currency has never been about building. It's never been about kingdoms alone. It's always been about relationship with him and then relationship with people. And so what we have is these highlight reels. We get online and we get on our phones and we check our social media. And for the 1% of the room that has no social media account, you have now became a threat to the church because we're concerned about your well-being. At this point, it doesn't work anymore if you're not online. Well, I just don't like to be online. No, why aren't you online? You first have to answer that question. That's a little suspect, man. You know, just a little concerned about you. Uh, the crowd control. That's what you name security. Anyways, no, there's people that aren't online. God bless you. <laughs> what we see is 95% of the material is talking about 5% of the world. If you make over $15,000, you're in like 5% of the world. 95% of the world finds themselves battling, struggling, beat down on a day-to-day -day basis. So much of the world is looking for water and even food. If we were to see those stories on a daily basis, what we would recognize is that it was all a lie and a mirage anyways. Security was never true. It was never real in the things alone. But that anything we have, now we start using for his kingdom and that we can flourish and bloom where we're planted so that we would reflect his likeness, even through our time and our talents and our treasures. And so everything becomes awesome as we're inspired. The word awesome meaning to literally be inspired in an awe of something. 
Some meaning a, meaning a people or an amount or a number that a people would be inspired or in awe. And so when you hear the word awesome, I'm hoping you're thinking awesome equals God. Awesome equals God. Awesome equals God. Awesome equals God. And it's not just the song you heard. Our God is an awesome God. He reigns. You know that one? And heaven and earth. That's kind of how it's sung a lot of times. Our God is an awesome God. He's so awesome. You know, that's kind of what it's like. Let's be honest. That's what it's, we don't feel it many times. And it's okay. God meets us right there. You can even come to church. You could, you could be so mad and frustrated. God still loves you and he wants to reach you. Maybe you came and lift your arm today to think, God, I came and say that you're awesome. In fact, I'm grunting in my mind. I'm thinking this is horrible. I pray today something takes place because I don't always feel like singing and shouting, but something great happens when I just move and I say, God, please take my life. Please take my life. It's hard. It's not easy. Take my life. What I'm seeing is difficult. And so I entered a new season today. Actually, we're entering a four-day trip. We're going down to Ark Church Planter Conference in Birmingham, Alabama. And it's the closest thing I've seen to heaven. All the streets are paved perfectly. The Chipotle even has brick on the outside. Panera looked like it was a five-star restaurant. This place is incredible. This church, they have a debt-free building. It, it looks, it is not a church. It looks like a spaceship planet headquarters. It is so awesome. And this is the church planning organization we're a part of that invested in us and gave us the template to just love the city. And it's one of the largest church planning organizations in the world. We're going to go learn there these next few days in Birmingham, Alabama, and just, you know, take the heartbeat of the city from Lansing, Michigan. I remember the first time they met us down there, they're like, you, you seem a little bit more edgy um, than us down here. And I said, yeah, you guys seem a little bit too nice from us up here. <laughs> and we were just talking about that, the difference in just region. Contextualization, you know, Southern hospitality is real. So we're going to go learn. And I decided this week I was going to enter a new season. So I just logged out of some social media accounts because I was recognizing, man, I'm trying to, I'm a little too connected right now to something that's grabbed my attention. I'm looking for a little bit of hope. And so I entered a, uh, this, this, this long season. I'm going to be logged out of online for about four days. And, and, the, and that's, that's four days. And I'm going to stay connected. I'll be right back because I love being connected to you, but I don't want to try to find my hope from the thing that was supposed to be a tool to be used in God's tool belt so I could be a master builder. And when we start thinking that the tools, anyone that's ever done building, you don't just go worship Home Depot. You watch the builders. They know where they're going. They walk in that thing. They're moving. I'm walking that thing. It is a palace. It's a never-ending labyrinth. You walk in any store. It's a never-ending labyrinth. Bed, bath, and uh, what's the Bed Bath and Beyond? Is that the one? Be, it should be beyond Bed Bath. It is everything, high as you can go, high, high. I remember having anxiety in that place. Choices, choices, choices. I didn't know all these things, right? It's IKEA on steroids. It's what it what it felt like, because you're not there to worship the things. You're there to take something on your tool belt because you're a master builder. Because we're inspired. We already have the one. We behold. We're in awe of Jesus Christ this morning. Anybody? So you might need to check out because God's trying to get you to connect in a way that can set you free today. He wants to get you to connect about what's most important to him. And as we remember just a few highlights from last week, I think it's important as we continue this series for us to really sear this deep in our souls that the greatest miracle to experience is new life in Jesus. And that everything is awesome when we have Jesus. He lives, we live. Check that out. He lives, we live. <laughs> Everything is awesome because we're in awe of the one who has let us some in, some being 
parts or people we're in. We're going to go to Luke chapter 10, verse 27. So we begin an introduction of what is God most pleased in. God is most pleased when we are in relationship with him and people. And Jesus answers and he says, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. Soul, strength, mind, my heart tied to God and tied to people. Now it is difficult in our own power to love God and love people. In fact, we might say we love God, but we hate people or we tolerate people. I will deal with this person for a moment God will deal with them a long time. I will deal with them for a moment, but this says that you're supposed to love the Lord God and love your neighbor as yourself. The only way that's possible is by the grace of Jesus invading our hearts and our lives. And as the grace of Jesus invades our hearts and our lives, we find ourselves in awe because we recognize he loved us first. And if he's loving us first, then therefore we're not the beginning uh, we're not the orchestrator, and we're not the one that has to possess the power source. And the why we feel so drained is we're trying to be the one to possess the power of love. God, love people. God today wants to connect you. He wants you to get connected to him and people. He wants to find yourself that you are in awe of how he's made you and how he's wired you. He wants you to check out of some things that are trying to grab your attention so he can get you alive. In Colossians 1, verse 17 through 20, it says, and he is before all things, this is talking about Jesus, and in him all things hold together. It's pretty bold. And he is the head of the body, the church, the body, the church, the building, the church, the Facebook ad, the church, the logo, the church, the coffee, the church, the donuts, the church. Is that what it says? The body, the church. Come on, touch your neighbor. See if they're real. Body, the church. The body, the church. The body, the church. Jesus uses agricultural and anatomy illustrations often because those would transcend time. We're still growing stuff. We're still pruning stuff. And in the fast-paced society, even where you, I don't know if you follow anything in um, tech news or something, but Elon Musk, he's trying to get us to Mars. And he's got a SpaceX company and he's got the Tesla company. Anybody know about his cars? And he's been on record saying that artificial intelligence is maybe the greatest threat to mankind and the planet. Like artificial intelligence is maybe the greatest threat to mankind. I'm like, wow, that's pretty deep. And I've also heard that several times from other uh, scientists. It makes it sound I'm like super smart. I'm studying scientists all week long. And what I found is I've discovered is they say that artificial intelligence is a uh, eminent threat to mankind. And in fact, it is, could be, uh, it could e extinguish us. And so therefore we need to prevent that at all cause all costs and jurisdictions and create laws and policies. And so in the event of that, Elon Musk has been on the record saying that artificial intelligence is a no good, no go. But this week, Elon Musk came out with a company called Neuralink. And Neuralink, their goal is in 10 years to kind of make you like a cyborg, where attach you and a robot together to where you're interacting, that you would maybe hear through your skin and attach, you know, robots to your mind and to have you experience life fuller. And what happens as Christians, we start to get a little worried. Oh, this is crazy. What's going on? The world's nuts and we don't need it. And, 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 and then we, we, we jump in society about 20, 30 years late, if you haven't noticed that. 
Anyone? Christian. Uh, rap was, uh, rap was happening way before the church let anybody rap for the, you know, right? Rock was happening way before the church let anybody play any rock. And logos and graphics was happening way before the church grabs it on. It's because we're, we're, I think many times we're not walking in our authority and our power and our dominion. We're not in awe of the thing that's really awesome. We're actually afraid of what could be awful. And so we're walking and we're really scared instead of walking and recognizing that we have the most powerful force on the planet, which is the love of God that comes in and breaks people down to their deepest core, that forgiveness could set them free. And so we're not concerned about cyborgs or neural links or Mars or this strategy because we recognize that mankind will still need the answer to the depth of their question, which is what happens after this life? We have that type of hope in glory. We have that type of confidence in Jesus. And so when we sang last week, he's alive, he's still alive today. He's still alive today. And in fact, he's so in power and so control. Psalm 2 tells us this, that all the rulers, they plot and rage against the righteous. So will Christians be hurt? Will they be killed? Will they be persecuted? I'll tell you this. It says, he who sits in heaven laughs because he's going to come down. And he's going to judge because he recognizes that he gets the final say. And so today we don't come into this place trying to become victorious we declare that we are victorious, and that's why we gather, because we need that type of hope reminded daily, 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 not be looking at things that are reminding us of just the 5% of the world that is trying to build their kingdom here when we have a kingdom that is going to help the depths of this world. That's what's so exciting. That's what's taking place. And to think of this, this is all being held together by Jesus, the head of the body, the church. Now, the church is the family of God, those that have committed themselves to a relationship with Jesus. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. For in him, all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. This is really exciting. So that when we know Jesus and see Jesus, touch Jesus, read about Jesus, we're fully interacting with God. He's not just some middleman. Okay, well, get me to the real, I need to know who the owner is if we're going to make a contract deal here. It's the worst talking to the middleman for the record. What about the seventh tier middleman? You know, customer support lines. Can I just please talk to somebody who knows? Please. please. That's kind of how I start my conversations now. Uh, please, can I just talk? You know, the, the, um, the, you know, the, Press one for whatever. I just always say, I can't understand you. Please help me. We don't understand you, sir. We'll get you to a customer representative. I'm like, yes. Because if you say, I want to speak to somebody. Oh, about what? Which question? You know, just please give me to somebody now. You feel this? This is the world we're living in. And you know why we feel this way? It's because we're actually trying to live in it, not live in the kingdom and then actually rule it. Be like, no, you don't rule me. We're coming in with authority. We have Jesus Christ. And so I'm not even trying to, I'm going to have patience right now on this phone call. It's not easy. It's not easy, but it's worth it because God is pleased to dwell in Jesus and we have Jesus. And through him to reconcile himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. This is what God gave us last week. We talked about so many people that came and they said, oh man, Jesus, I want to follow you. You know what God gave you in that moment? He gave you peace through the blood of the cross. By his suffering, his battle that he faced for us, that we were the ones who deserved to be in that place, God himself has given us peace. 
I pray today that we will feel the peace that God wants to offer us, that we will enter to know Jesus, not just by the glory. God, give me the things, but we'll enter to know him by his story at the feet of the cross with the suffering that comes to enter into the glory. And as we enter to that glory, now we have new confidence, new life, and we're willing to endure. We're going to be in a passage here for the next few weeks, and it's going to be in 1 Corinthians 12. And verse 12 and 13 is what I want to highlight today, and the importance that you are in the body, and you have significant value. You might not feel like it. I have a Lego here somewhere. You might feel like, you know when you open up the Lego uh, pack? I thought I had one. But you know when you open up the Lego pack? I already lost it because it was so tiny. And you could, any, any builders know what this too, but you, you know, or just you have to follow instructions. You open it up and you got all these parts everywhere. And the small parts are really hard to find, especially if you have a carpet. They're right down there. You have to look for it. And, I just, uh, and my son always tells me this. He's like, dad, those are extras. We don't need those. I said, son, they're not extras. I know the stress of getting to the last page and that thing mattered and now it's lopsided and you're disappointed. It's because that little tiny piece mattered and it was important. Our lives, open it up say, I'm just a little tiny piece. I'm not the gun that goes on the ship. I'm not the person riding in the cockpit. So I'm just a little tiny piece and people tolerate me. In my job, no one gives me the attention, the affection I want. And I'm just kind of in the body. And if I'm in the body, well, I'm, I don't really need to be functioning. And so it's like a Facebook profile. And what we want is the greatest look of it, the greatest shape of it. And just, just crop my face, please. But please don't look at my body. I always say, just please do my face. My wife always, she says, you can't post that one. It shows my double chin. I'm like, you don't got no double chin. It shows my weird ears and my overbite, right? I mean, we all got stuff and we try to get ourselves perfectly set up in a way that we think we're going to fool somebody when we're feeling this condemnation on the inside. And I pray today that you start to begin to see how God sees you and the purpose that he has for you. And as we behold him, I think what we do is we say, I love the head. I love you, Jesus. But boy, I can't stand your people. I can't stand the body. Somebody here has been hurt by the church and you don't want to believe again. You don't want to dream again. You don't want to think again because people have let you down. And I'll tell you, it's no different than you just looking at Facebook for trying to have fun or happiness. It's going to let you down. And then when we start to behold the beauty of who Jesus is, we're like, oh, we're all connected to him. He's the head. We can't then therefore say, I just don't want anything to do with your body. You can't imagine coming in on someone's wedding day and saying, oh, you're just, your face is so pretty. It's awesome. Your just face is so pretty. This is great. Hey, photographer, make sure you just take pictures of her face. So pretty. So pretty. That's what we say all the time, though, when we're talking about the church. We say, Jesus, I love you. Easter Sunday, I love you. You're awesome. Man, the church, though, hmm. it's got some stuff to work on. Well, what is the church? You. And guess what? You got some stuff to work on, and so do I. And that's the beauty of us. God has us together. Verse 12, this is Paul writing to a church in Corinth, and he's really firm and stern in this letter. 
He's getting their attention early on because sin has crept in and they are building their lives on different things that aren't in the gospel. They're building things apart from the good news. They aren't loving the city to the depths of knowing that they are loved first. They're not understanding their fullness and their position and their status. And then in the last chapters of 1 Corinthians, you start to get some practical things of what it looks like and what it means like to actually be in Christ. How do we live this thing out, Apostle Paul? How do we walk? How do we run? What is the challenges we face? And then how do we respond in a day? And we pick up in verse 12 of chapter 12. It says, for just as the body is one, has many members, and all the members of the body, though many are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit, we are all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and we all were made to drink one spirit. And you see a term, Jew and Greek, you got to understand there's some serious social tension. If you think there's some racial tension and cultural tension in our day, I mean, it's serious. You got the Jews saying, oh, we're, we're of Abraham. We are the chosen people. We're walking around. We got the right last name. We know what's happening. In fact, you don't know our God. You might, my God might let you in. In fact, I could tell you about some stories that our God killed a bunch of your people and kind of walked down with that vibe, right? And you got the Gentiles thinking, well, we can't get in. Oh, look at them. We might as well just open up some clubs. We might as well just eat. We might as well just create some false gods. What do you got? Let's just kind of do a party here. And then they build calves and they have uh, any gods you can think of, you know, the Easter God, uh, they have, they, they have uh, the, the God of the sun. They have so many different false gods. They're inventing this all the time. We're doing this all the time. I just heard there's a new, um, there's a marijuana church here in Lansing. And I'm like, Hey man, dude, cool. You know, we're not, I'm not mad about the marijuana. I'm just, I think God is a little bit better, you know? And um, I think that I think what we're doing all the time is we're trying to invent everything to take the place of God all the time is because we're associating God with relationships for Jews and Gentiles, whites, black, rich, poor, old, young. We're always dividing, aren't we? Brown, you name it. What are you? Where'd you come from? What place? What planet? There's that, that age old joke. It's like the Christians that are like, oh, you're a Christian. This person is saving this guy off the cliff. Oh, you're a Christian. Okay. What denomination? Baptist. Oh, me too. Awesome. B Baptist of what? First sector of the West Wing. Oh, first sector of the West Wing. I am too. Okay. Well, tell me. First sector of the West Wing of the third district. Yes. First sector of the third district. Okay. But uh, do you know the type A or the type B? Type B. Type A. Let's them do down. Die. Christian died. He wasn't type A. That's what we do. It's, kind of, it's funny, but it's just like how we're living. Jews, Greeks. And so when this text is telling us that now we're in one body, there's this passage where God is showing them the, the essence of grace in the unity that we have in Jesus. And he's telling them, he says, hey, Peter, why don't you rise and go eat and go kill an animal? Really? Well, how could I do that? It's unclean. No, no, no. What I say is clean. It's clean now. The people that I say is clean are clean now. When I say they're fine, they're fine now. Because it's not what goes in a person that makes them bad. It's what's in a person that can make them bad. And I transform from the inside out. That's what Jesus says. Anybody? Amen. Come on. This morning. For just as the body is one in many members and all members of the body, though many are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit, we are all baptized into one body. Jews are Greeks, slaves are free, and all were made to drink 
of one spirit. Now, if we aren't careful, what we could think is we could start to say, okay, well, one, then if I'm going to look like Jesus, we all need to do everything in sync. And that's what you can have is a cult. You have to do it this way. Drink this, act like this, walk like this. And what Jesus actually invites us in is an experience. And he says, it's big enough to handle your questions. And I'm going to lead you and I'm going to guide you with some very solid truth, but it's filled with grace and truth. And therefore, it's never just demanding obedience. It's always filled with love and an invitation. Even when you jump into particular passages and you see God kind of disciplining and correcting, it'd be like jumping into a good parent situation when they're disciplining and correcting their kid. It'd be naive to think that that person does that all the time and then give them some opportunities, right? That would be crazy. When you tell your kids to be quiet maybe 17 times and they don't listen, you're like, all right, you're in timeout. And then you walk in, hey, your kid's in timeout. And then you leave, you're like, I think we need to call CPS. I think they might, I think they might be the Christians that hit, hit their kids. I think it might be true. They might do that. They, I, they take that spare the rod verse, literal. My Lego. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Yes. It was these little tiny parts I was thinking about. And they feel so insignificant, but they're so significant. And when you get to the end and you think, oh, I'm just going to glue a couple, of the, you know, maybe make up for the difference. You'll get a glued product. Some of us are like, well, the body doesn't really need me. I don't need to use my gifts here anymore because I'm just a small part. But what you don't recognize is there's just glue holding it on because you're on page 29 and you were just waiting because you thought you were on page one, two, three, but you were on page 29 and God was waiting for you because he had a place for you and he had a part for you and a position for you. But we were so focused that we weren't on page one, two, three. Uh, I'm on page 29 and we gave up. and We just let glue happen. This little piece. And so as we see this today, hopefully you'll see in this text right here that there's radical purpose and incentive for you to be connected to Christ and to be in the one body and there's freedom, but there is not a demand to, to conform. In fact, we're still many different members, but in one body. And so what that is, is unity in diversity. That's what you have in the body of Christ. You have unity in diversity. And so there it's the gospel that holds us together. It's not our preferences. And so our preferences start to actually divide us. If I like different music than you, now we're going to divide. If I like different food than you, we might divide. If I like to shop at different, we might divide. But if we're in Jesus Christ, we'll be able to push through the differences. In fact, we'll show a world. They'll be like, why are you guys so connected? You guys wouldn't even hang out. I think it's beautiful when the body of Christ looks so diverse because it shows to a world, how do you guys do it? Because we try to do everything to just keep it just like us. Even a place that says it's diverse, it's diverse based upon, it's, you're diverse. If you're not diverse, then you're not diverse. Or we're accepting. Well, that just means you're accepting if we accept what you believe in. And so God invites you and says, hey, you can sit and listen forever. You don't necessarily have to believe or belong, but you can be within an earshot. I mean, that's what Jesus was doing. You'll be within an earshot because the time will come that it's not our response to make it grow. God makes it grow. So therefore, we're okay to be in any situation, in any setting where anybody is at because we're planting and we're watering and we're trusting God saying, please, God, make it grow. That's liberating for some of us today because we've been trying to make our seeds grow. We've been trying to 
make somebody change. We've been trying to convert them. I hope they're coming so I can convert them. God converts them. God does tough stuff. We get to just focus on him. As we close, I want to talk about just comparison in the temptation that comes in the body of Christ to compare. And I think about a story when I was in fourth grade and the recess is a perfect example of what life really looks like. Now at recess, you have somebody on the basketball court playing. If it's I, I'm, the setting is summer for me right now, or springish, or it just came in fall. So that's the setting. So picture this, you're in fourth grade, the setting. And you have some on the monkey bars, and, uh, and then some are just on the wheel, or the merry-go-round. This stuff might not even exist now, but the merry-go-round, and then you have the, you know, the couple kids in the corner that are just like eating dirt, you know, and you have, and then you have like the basketball court going on, but you have the three girls kind of watching, and they're just like chilling, and you know, so, uh, what's up? I'm here, lip gloss be popping. Oh, you know, and the guys in the court. And this is when tight roll jeans was in. And so I was tight rolling my jeans in the game playing, thinking I'm sweet. The hoop's like probably 7-1. You know, we're shooting it up there. Fourth grade. And then my pant comes undone. I was like, hey, time, hey, time out. Time out, time out. Why? Hold on. I literally start tight rolling my pant. And everyone's like, what are you doing? You're tight rolling your pant? And they didn't understand. Well, the girls were watching. I got to tight roll my pant. And I'm looking over because I want kind of their approval. I want their attention and dealing with insecurity. And that's how I can feel accepted. And I got to tight roll my pant. And they're like, man, you're a city boy. It's interesting. Mason, uh, city boy. There's like seven houses in the city. But that was one of the seven I lived in. And I was a city boy with my Reebok pumps. So buck 65 all the way back then. I think it was 1989. Pumped those things up. No, seriously, this is real. And then I folded it. But you know what's interesting is that plays out even as an adult. It's because as we compare, we stare, and we're looking for somebody's approval, and we think that in a thing or in them that somehow now we'll be accepted when the very thing we've been longing for was accepting us through his son the whole time. Is it possible today that you've come and you find yourself so often tight rolling your pants, stopping, because you're looking for the approval of someone? And I pray today that you will recognize that what Jesus did and what he gave us was he gave us access and victory, not based upon what we would do, not approval on based upon if we played the game right, but based upon his love alone. And that he was accepting us first. He was looking for us first. And so we're in this world trying to find ourselves looking for attention and affirmation when God is trying to deliver us from that type of devastation. Comparison is wicked. We stare at even each other. We do this in Jesus. We start to compare and we say, ah, oh, I just can't do it like him. But in the same breath, we say, but you're so good at it. And we compliment them. But in the same moment, what we're doing is we're belittling ourselves. And when we belittle ourselves, you know who we're really belittling? We're belittling the head, which is the head of what? The head of the church. And who is the head of the church? Jesus Christ. And what does he came and what he said? He said, you're worth so much that he gave his life for you. And what did he say? He said, I'm at the court all the time, waiting for you, setting it up, watching you. I don't care if you miss every shot. I'm still going for you. I got you. So I wonder today, could we live as people? already approved not looking for approval already approved not looking for approval 
change where our focus is. I pray today that we'll tell the world that we're brand new. Somebody will get baptized into the one spirit. The baptized, you're in that by faith, but a baptism to say, I'm gonna go public on May 7th. I'm gonna get baptized. Why don't you sign up today at the Connect Center? Why don't you jump in? I pray today that we stare and we focus on the awesome truth that we are in Jesus's body. I want you to watch this video real quick as you can see what just focus and perspective shift can do for an individual's life. different. I didn't hardly recognize you. You know what happens when you accept Jesus Christ? You look so different. I didn't even recognize you. You look so different. I didn't even recognize you. You look so different. I didn't even recognize you. I tell you, the comparison game never ends. This side of eternity, I think we will wrestle and that's why we need each other all the more. We need to connect to each other all the more connect because we're connected to our relationship with God, but we see that lived out and manifested in a way that we grow with each other in that daily process that is filled with highs and lows and filled with phone calls and crazy stuff on the news, but that Jesus is the constant and that we would not discount what he did because when we start to believe that we're not worth it and we think that we're not good enough. What we're doing, and even for some of us, you have a false humility because you say, well, I couldn't do that. I can't do that. I think sometimes this is what I do. I say, I say, well, I don't know if I can do that. I don't know if I can do that. I, I don't know. I, who, who, who's, who's the point of that story in that prayer? I, I, I. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Wait, wait, wait. God, you can. God, I'll go if you're willing. God, in what? You are willing. It shifts everything, doesn't it? When you start to just say, God, really have my life. Today, I pray um, for people that are dealing with comparison in a way that I pray you would just feel freedom. And if that's you, man, I, I want you to just, if, we, if you just need prayer, I want to just raise your hand. You just say where you're at. You just need prayer. That's awesome. You need prayer, whatever. It's all good. Prayer. It's cool. Prayer. Comparison, dealing with the nonsense. It's all good. Amen. It's good. It's, if you didn't raise your hand, I, you, got the, you got the hand in your heart. God knows. It's kind of up. The flag's up. Like, God, please. I don't want them to think. They might ask questions. Jesus, I pray for this room that they will feel the power of you and what you say about them. And God, that they have purpose and that their peace matters. God, I pray that they would feel to be one in you. 
that they would have no condemnation or barriers, that there would be Jew or Greek, or that they would recognize we worship in the same spirit. And for some of us, the greatest thing we'll ever do, no one will ever know. Because you've gifted some of us so behind the scenes that our prayers will transform lives and that we will find ourselves at the feet of Jesus when no one's looking. We will go to schools when nobody's looking. We'll go to our neighbors when nobody's looking. We'll spend time with you when nobody's looking. And I pray that we will feel that that is success. We will be freed of the nonsense today. Do a work in your bride this morning, Jesus, like only you can. Holy Spirit, I ask that you will intimately speak in ways that I couldn't even begin to navigate. That you'll undo the pain and the hurts in people's lives here. Some have been abused mentally and physically, emotionally. Some don't want to trust. Some got such chips on their shoulders that just needs to be broken down. Some, they want to be understood so bad. And I pray today that they'll recognize that you understand them. And then maybe the cure is wrapped up in trying to understand others. And I pray that will happen for me. I pray that will happen for us. I pray that we'll grow, we'll experience the fullness that you have for us at City Life. It won't be perfect. It's going to be messy, but it's a process and it's your body. And God, we thank you that you take the full picture. You take all of us. You take the whole sum. And that is what's awesome. And God, today we are inspired and in awe of such a God like this. What a God like this. What a God that gives dignity to all types of people and freedom to all types of people that every ruler, every nation will bow to, God, that you are the great I am. No need for a bio, the great I am. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you for that freedom and that peace this week. God, we thank you that we have the victory in you. It's in your name we pray, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to the City Life Lansing podcast. Loving you and loving the city one life at a time. For more information, messages, and to partner financially, go to citylifelansing.com. You belong here.